In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting and Klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. Hi everyone, it's April 12th, 2013, and you're listening to episode 72 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. And I'm Maggie. And we're coming to you from the Knit One Geek 2 Yuri's Night Party. Hey Maggie, pass that astronaut ice cream over, man! Anti-gravity, go long! Okay. We did invite a couple of people, but they're probably kind of busy, you know, filming Sherlock and all. Yeah. This party's so awesome, it's hit the stratosphere! Oh, God. Just checking Raise out. your hands! <laughs> Everybody in the party, put your hands in the air! And wave them like you just don't care! Yes, we're going old school with this. <laughs> no. You know, I have to wonder how knitting in zero-G would work. You think it's okay. bad now with the yarn ball, like, rolling yeah. places. It would just, would it just float in one spot? Yeah, it should. You should it, just it, be able to place it, like, right where you want it, and it should just stay and there. And it should, but you're always tugging on the yarn. True. So now, it would start going... That's an experiment that somebody needs to do, especially with color work. Someone get a tweet to Chris Hadfield on this. Yeah. We need experimentation on this. He needs to learn how to do that. He needs to learn how to knit so that we can get some feedback. That's this when is, those... This the, is physics, man. Yeah, that's when those go-knit pouches that have, like, the little strap that you clip, that you can... Oh, yeah. Clip through your, your your belt loop would really work. Or put over your wrist. I could just see... I could see somebody working on a fairly complex ferrule pattern mm-hmm. with, say, five different colors, and it just looks a bit like a spider web just stretching out from the project in all directions <laughs> of, the, of the interior of the uh, shuttle. I wonder... Huh. I wonder if... Like, I wonder how much gravity has an effect on something like gauge or something like that. Hadfield, we need you in on this. <laughs> Come on, you're doing sort of all these experiments up there. Do some real important ones here. Yeah. Inquiring minds want to know. How do you block lace in space? Oh, damn. <laughs> that rhymes. Lace in space. space. That sounds like a uh, knitting cartoon. That lace happened. in space is mainly in the place. I don't know. My brain was going to an Eliza Doolittle place yeah. there. But lace in space sounds like a... Uh, Sounds like a knitting cartoon. Lace yeah. in space! There we go. <laughs> the superhero has a lace cape. Which wouldn't really work very well in no, space. No, it wouldn't it work w- very it well. Wouldn't f- it wouldn't it flat dramatically. Out. It would just sort of float. <laughs> well, mind you, there isn't wind in space, is there? No. Okay, obviously this is going to take a lot more thought. Yeah, so. anyway. Anyway. We could go on this tangent for quite a while. <laughs> but speaking of lace and nitty things, how about oh. we go into adventures in knitting? You first, because you've got a pretty right there. Yeah, I got goodies. So I mentioned on previous podcasts that um, I had made a couple orders from the Loopy U of skeins of Oolmaisa. Which um, don't count as stash. Nope. That has been determined nope. at length. Nope. Because it is so hard to get... It, they count as stash... They don't count for the not buying yarn before the frolic thing. Okay. Because these are so hard to get, especially the stuff I'm holding in my hands right now, mm-hmm. that it totes doesn't count. Yoink! Excuse me, bitch. <laughs> I will cut you. I know you would. If you try and take this. Because. Friends are friends and finally, all. Finally. But this finally, is all nice. Finally, I actually managed to be 
in the right place at the right time, aka on Twitter, when Sherry from the Loopy U put up a notice that she had put in some Wormaisa lace yarn in the shop. And I was able to get over there and grab a skein of the lace yarn, which is 100% wool, in the Neptune Dark colorway. And I have, I know that colorway because I have socks in that colorway. Yes. Which is an absolutely gorgeous, bluey, teal, deep, rich, wonderfulness of color. It is so gorgeous. That is so rich, it looks down on Donald Trump. Yeah. This is, it's a 300 gram skein, so it has 1,722 yards in it, which is quite a lot. Yes. And you have plans for it? Oh, hell yes. I have been, I have a pattern that I have been sort of waiting and wanted to get the right yarn for it, and I believe I have found that yarn. (laughs) All the pieces of the puzzle are now congealing together. I want to do the Fiddlesticks Knitting Peacock Shawl. An appropriate color. Yes. And the best thing is, that takes like 1,200 yards. So you still have some So I will have enough for like a small shawl. Yeah, afterwards. Afterwards. Wow. In this, oh my god, lovely yarn. I just, I can't stop just looking at it and touching it and admiring its beautifulness. And pressing it to your chest. And pressing it to my bosom. Every time I see it, I just look at it and I'm just like, damn, that is gorgeous. Now, as I said, I had more than one order. Mm-hmm. Because sock yarn and lace yarn went up on different days. And sock yarn went up first. And I didn't realize lace yarn was coming up. So, I also got... Oh, check out that color! Mm-hmm. What color is that? I got some of the pure sock yarn, which is just 100% wool. In the Poison Number no. 5 colorway. Oh, I like that name, and I like that color. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a dark fuchsia and black. And there's a few spots where it sort of goes between the two in this really deep, lovely, pinky-purple wonderfulness. This is when a raspberry decides it's going to go goth. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> it is so pretty. That is pretty. And all your skeins are so huge, because, too, this one is... 150 grams, so it's 574 yards, which is a lot of, of sock weight. Yeah, of, yeah, of yarn. I actually have one skein of the pure, I think it was from an earlier, like a couple years ago when I actually managed to get some. You don't think it's more, but it's so tightly wound? Yeah, it's very tightly wound. And skein. then when you sort of unleash it, because I can tell down at this end, it fluffs. Yes. Nicely. My God, that's going to be a lot of yarn. Yeah, and I, like I said, I've actually got one of this kind of yarn from a couple of years ago when I got some, and I'm saving it for, I'm going to do a, a shawl with it, because with 574 yards of fingering weight, that is in gorgeous colors. It is, it's hard to do it on anything that will not use the length of yarn to its best, best ability. Yeah. Now, because I was getting this yarn, I figured, you know, I have some wool myself at home. <laughs> I should probably use start using a little bit of it and see what it's like. So this week I actually cast on with some of the Wormaisa Twin that I've had for a while, and it's in the Moses colorway. Very nice. And it's a very dark blue, but it's got a slight, maybe a slight tealish cast to it. It's only a hair's more muted than the Neptune. Yeah. It is, well, it's darker, and it is seriously gorgeous. And I have started, I'm doing the Pointel Sock from Cookie A's book, Knit Sock Love. And so far I've only got the cuff and maybe like a 
couple rows done. Um, partly because I need to take the book with me to work t probably tomorrow and photocopy the chart. Because it is an enormous chart and I will need to refer to it <laughs> when I'm knitting. But oh my god, this stuff is gorgeous. And I like the way it feels as I'm knitting it. I like its sort of density. And I'm looking forward to doing another little fancy sock. And of course I can do another fancy sock. Because the other socks that I had that were you know, patterned and everything, the Cachoeira socks, yep. are done. done. Including the toes? Uh, I haven't kitchen done them yet, but they're done. Uh, For a given value of done. Okay. It'll take, you know, five minutes to kitchen the toes, whatever. Next year when you get around to kneading them or wearing them? When I run out of socks that are clean. clean. socks. <laughs> when I run out of clean socks and I need a pair. Okay. And I have to go to work. Yeah. No, I'll probably do it soon. I might even do it so I can wear them tomorrow. Okay. But yes, yeah, so and I have another pattern sock. And as for non-pattern socks, actually yesterday, no, not yesterday, uh, last Friday, I finished the first of my current pair of movie socks. Oh, really? Yes. Does this mean you went to see a movie? Yes, I did. What did you go see? I went to see Jurassic Park 3D. 3D. Oh my god. I loved it so much. I love that movie. Like I should mention, like, I love this movie. It is one of my favorite movies of all time. It has been huge in my life for so long. I was obsessed with this movie when it first came out when I was 13. And I know I've seen a couple, I know some people have been like, oh, they're really re-releasing it in 3D so they can charge more money. I don't care. I wanted to see it on the big screen again. And it was awesome. And, and I was having feels. And you're going pink. Yes, because it was awesome. Yes, Karen. Karen is happy. It was. I was. Oh, that, I was the, having... the hands are flailing everywhere. She's going pink, and she's got this big grin on her face. Karen is happy. Yeah, because like, oh, just seeing my favorite part of the movie is like it is almost exactly twenty minutes in because I used to know exactly how far to fast forward on the video on the on the videotape. Yeah, to get to this part, old school. It's exactly twenty, almost exactly twenty minutes in when they first arrive on the island and first see the dinosaurs. Yeah. And just seeing that again on the big screen with like the, the enormous brachiosaur and like John Williams' score playing in the background and I'm just, ugh, I love it so much. Your feels gotta work out. Yes. Yes, they did. Yeah. And I, and I realized watching that movie, I realized I can pretty much quote the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, along with the movie. And actually, the fun thing was, uh, I have actually started the second movie sock, mm -hmm. and I have about three inches of the second sock done, because I went to see it again on, on Wednesday night, <laughs> with a friend of mine. Good for you. With a friend of mine who I went to see the movie with her when it first came, came out. out. Yeah. Or not, like, not when it, it wasn't the first time I, not the first time I saw it, but at least one of the repeated showings that I saw the first time it came out. I know I went with her. <laughs> I could probably say that about Ninja Turtles when it first came out. <laughs> so Of course, that was 20 years ago. I can't so. rag on you, so. <laughs> yes, and we had fun. <laughs> I love that movie. Oh my god. Doesn't matter how good or bad the movie is, so long as you had fun. Yeah, and apparently there is a new, like, 20th, 20th anniversary uh, edition of the, the movie's score with added tracks that have oh. never been released before. <laughs> like, oh bitch, I want that. <laughs> I am buying that. I meant to buy it like that day when I got home, but I forgot I was got home late and everything. And I forgot I should actually do that so I can have that music because I love that movie so much. Because you need that music in your life. Yes, I st I already have on my iPod the original score. This would just be an added one. Okay. And really, and, and I can say after twenty years, those special effects still hold up. Cool. 
especially because I mean, even the co- the computer graphics, which I mean, they didn't at the time. They used both like big robots. Mm-hmm. So like, if you see, especially like with the T Rex, if you see it from sort of pelvis up, or if you can't see the whole thing, if you can't see the feet and the legs, it's probably the gigantic robot that they had. And anytime you can see the full dinosaur, it is computer graphics, and it looks it still looks really good. It's rather amazing. It's like, damn, these are twenty year old old twenty year old CGI, and they're holding up. Yeah, oh, that's cool. Holds up better than some movies now. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> so yes, if you haven't seen it, and if you saw the original movie and liked it, you should go see it. So okay, I think I'm done exploding everywhere. I just really. Love I it. know you did. It's okay. Revisiting old fandoms. Old fandoms that never die. Yep. Alright, so everybody knows that I finished the one-by-one slice of crazy pie, and by the way, it has been renamed in my projects queue as the one-by-one slice of crazy pie. Um, Somebody recently smacked me on the back of the wrist and said, hey, we haven't seen a picture of you in it, so, like, pictures of her didn't happen. And, you know, good for you, because I do actually need to get a picture of it on me. And uh, there are probably a couple things in my projects queue that need pictures and you would think that with an ipad that has a camera in it i'd actually get on that or something not so much or something so anyways following that i made a birthday gift for the newbie Mm -hmm. she had started for herself a little while ago the burnished leaves cowl by chrissy prang yep and had gotten frustrated with it yeah she ripped that out a few times didn't she yeah so i made that for her out of some merino silk that the illustrious Michelle sort of like, let's say it found a new home. It went to live with you. It came to live with me and uh, it found work to do. And the burnished leaves cowl, such a fast knit, awesome, cute little knit. And it was the perfect project that I needed to get Mm -hmm. over my uber big sweater of ribbed, never ending purgatory. Yeah. Because it was just a little bit of lace and it knit up so fast and I was able to give it to her for her birthday. So I'm going to have to get a picture of her wearing it. Because she hasn't, she's barely taken it off yeah. since I've seen her. Yeah. So she obviously likes it. And one of the things that I thought was so cute after she got it yeah. was uh, a couple hours into the evening. She says, I suddenly realized something. And she touches, she touches the cow. She goes, you think I'm knitworthy. Because she understands what that means now. So now, after that was done, and my fingers were left on their own going, okay, 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 what's the next project? Because I'm not ready to go into the big, another big project yet. I'll, I'll, I'll make socks. And I got through the ribbing of a pair of socks and going, nope, don't want to do socks. Rip it out. Uh, um, uh, scrap, scrap yarn project. A scarf made out of scrap yarn. Started it and I'm like, nope, rip it out. You're having... I can't find it. I can't find my start point. Yeah, you're having knitting ennui. Yeah. So what I have done, when in doubt, knit for Christmas. <laughs> this is the start of a scarf. Mm-hmm. It is the red Ooh. herring scarf by Ooh. Yvonne Cow. Ooh, that is pretty. It doesn't have a very obvious pattern. It has a very subtle up and down herringbone, herringbone pattern. It is a free pattern you can find on Ravelry, usually done in a DK weight, and lo and behold, some yarn came to live with me. 
Yes. <laughs> and where did this yarn come from? I found it on my doorstep in a box with a note attached to it. Please take good care of Please my yarn. Please take good care of me. Yes. And the thing is that I actually left the uh, label at home. But all I do know is that it's 100% wool. Mm-hmm. And it's DK weight. And whoosh. That is nice. So that's that's not... Whenever you think of wool, people will say, Ew, wool's so scratchy. I'm like, no, then you have bad wool. You have wool from a sheep's arse, then. Because wool can be soft. But this is for a gentleman in Connecticut who I have not knit for yet. But he has not scoffed at my knitting patterns in my knitting when he has seen me. He's actually thought it was really cool. And he gave me one of the best compliments I ever received. Okay. When we were all getting dressed out to go out for a night. Mm -hmm. And I came down the stairs in my dress. He said, you know what? I'm gay but I'll make an exception for you. And I'm like, damn! (laughs) That's got to be one of the best compliments a girl can receive. Anyway, so that's what I'm doing. And now that I've gotten started doing that, I've got starditis. Yes. I want to start all the things. Do it. And, like, monogamous Maggie is sort of, like, put into a straitjacket and in a little box somewhere in the basement. (laughs) Because I know when I get to the Knitter's Frolic, Mm -hmm. I will buy that yarn for the baby blanket I have to do. And then from that point, I will be making baby blanket until it's done so that it can be shipped off because this baby's already born and is almost, like, nine months at the moment. Sew your wild oats when you can. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I am on a free ticket. (laughs) Who wants some love? Projects and yarn line up. (laughs) There's enough of me to go around. So, yeah, I may be casting it because a couple of listeners have nudged me going... Um, hint, hint, that lush cardigan you mentioned, um, yeah, there's a knit-along going on for it right now, and I'm like, oh, yes, I saw that. man, oh, man, and then, of course, I still have the Evan Dim that mm-hmm. I said I would make for myself, and, and, and I've got that gorgeous Marrakesh lace weight, mm-hmm. that's all those gold colors, and I want to start all the things. I want to... I'm not... I mean, Start all the things! Yes, pretty much. So I'm putting on my rouge and my red list, lipstick and my, you know, fuck me boots, and I'm going to go walk the street and find some yarn. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Well, thinking of going to find yarn, find yarn, we should probably mention the frolic and more details about it. Be there, bitches! Yes, because we were talking about the Knitter's Frolic, which is hosted by the Downtown Knit Collective, which I don't think we've given the, uh, the address for that yet. It's downtownknitcollective.ca. They're the Knitting Guild in Toronto. And it's going to be at the Japanese Cultural Center in Toronto on April 27th. So if and you actually, are double check the in the drivable place. area. It's kind of tricky to get to. You can get to it through public transit. It is kind of tricky to get there. I have done it. <laughs> it takes a while because you have to subway to the and then get the bus. And But yes, it actually, it goes both Saturday and Sunday. The marketplace is only on the Saturday, though. They have classes both days, but they only have the marketplace on one day, so, like, the Sunday might as well not exist, in my opinion, (laughs) because... The marketplace is open from 9 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. It's $5 admission, and, of course, you know, they would greatly appreciate it if you had small bills (laughs) or change. Or if you're going with a group of people, maybe one person can pay for, like, four people. Do we know how many vendors there are? There are... They have a vendor listing page that also has links to all the vendors. There's 56 different vendors. And actually on the uh, listing, the vendor listing page, which if you go to, they have information along the top. If you go to the downtownknitcollective.ca website, 
on the top they've got different information. There's Knitter's Frolic, click on Marketplace. And then if you scroll down, they have vendors at the Marketplace include, and they list all the vendors. But in the paragraph below that, it says on the Frolic vendor listing page, you can see a list of attending vendors. And the Frolic vendor listing part of that is actually a link to the page, which will also give you links to their shops if there are other websites if they have one it'll also give the room that they're in and they have floor plans cool at the top cool so you can highlight the ones that you want yes you can highlight the ones that you want there are detailed maps of where like each numbered booth is going to be mm-hmm. so say if there was certain places you want to go cough indigo dragonfly <laughs> cough cough <laughs> um you can see like where the booth is going to be before you go. I was kind of thinking I might want to maybe print this out or something so I can mark it up on the day of as I'm going through and if I see something really nice that I want to go back for, because that's always the problem. Yep. <laughs> you see something really cool and then you're like, oh shit, where was that? I think it was in this room, but what, what vendor was, was it? it from? Actually, and one of the things about the, the Frolic is they do have a few different rooms and areas. So it is sort of easier to remember in that sense of, like, where something was. It'd be like, okay, I saw something really cool. I saw this really cool skein of yarn, and it was definitely in this room. But I don't remember what booth. The Kitchener one, I know they're changing locations this year, so it's going to be different. But at previously, the Kitchener one, they had two rooms. So it was always like, crap, which room was it in? It was in? one of them, Yeah. <laughs> And the thing is that they're both conference rooms, so they sort of yeah. look the same. Yeah, one is just slightly larger than the other. But I'm hoping, too, this year, if I see anything, if I bring paper and stuff for me to write on, then I can make a note of what it is that I saw that was cool, too. Because <laughs> sometimes you go around, and, and after you've done some stuff, you're left with this thought of, there was something else that I really wanted, and I can't remember what it is now. <laughs> yeah, so... Strategies and tips for dealing with the frolic or other things like this. Alright team, huddle up. We're going for the maple leaf flying down the street on the sidewalk play. Newbie, <laughs> you run interference. Especially take out the linebackers there and there. The rest of us will run around to the side. <laughs> Michelle, you're on point. Yep. <laughs> Maggie, cause a distraction. <laughs> oh my gosh, is that a moth over there? Oh my god, it's Franklin Habit. Oh my god, it's Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> And then I could probably just see, you know, all of the knitters, you know, heads just pop up like meerkats. Off they go like little lemmings. Yeah. But to be serious. Okay. Um. Well, let's face it. We're not going to be the first ones there. I would like to get there early-ish. Uh, we can get there as early as we like. We're still not going to be the first ones no, there. No, but... You know, it, unless, you, unless we are planning to go tenting in the parking lot. And I don't know how kindly they take to that. <laughs> I don't know if they'd be used to people, like, camping over. We'd probably get, you know, there'd be a news story made about us. <laughs> which might not be so bad. That might be kind of fun. Usually the strategy is to make a loop once around everything. Mm-hmm. Is the usual strategy. And the only reason you buy on the first round is if you see something that absolutely, positively sings to your soul and is within your budget. Yeah. That's... Because normally, if it sings to your soul and it's above your budget, you have to argue with yourself for just that little bit longer to see if yeah. you really want it. Yeah. And you usually give in. Yeah. But, yeah, that's usually my sort of tactic is, you know, try do a loop around. I know some people, like, are strict. I will do a loop of the entire thing before I buy anything. 
I don't quite do that. I do the loop around, but as I loop around, if I see something, I absolutely must have something that I will be kicking myself later if I don't get it. And I know these things when I see them. I, because I can at that point, the clouds part, and there is this chorus that comes down. Yes. Holy light shines down upon <laughs> this yarn. Yes. If I know I am going to be kicking myself for the rest of the day, if not for weeks later that I didn't get it, then I buy it when I see it. Though, while also staying mindful of how much money do I want to spend and that kind of thing. Right. You know, th- I, and especially skeins of yarn that too that speak to me like that and there's only like one or two of them there like maybe like the indigo dragonfly stuff because she brings a lot of different colorways but she might only have like one One or two two stains in a base and a color that i really want so that generally if you can get into the indigo indigo dragonfly booth which you can't always (laughs) it is a popular place yes i find that one's a good one to to buy it when you see it (laughs) other than that it's kind of like a no loop around it's a no fail purchase yeah it's the, I will not hate myself later for buying this, and I will hate myself later if I don't. Now, is this one, this convention also the one that has the wool tasting, where you wool get to tasting. knit? It's a bar where you get to knit with different types of yarn. I can't remember. Or is it a, the yarn, is it called yarn tasting, actually? I can't remember. I didn't go to this one last year because I was an idiot and didn't take the, and thought I, it was my Saturday off. Yeah, so last year they did have a yarn tasting table. Who knows if they're going to have it this year. I don't know. I can't remember if I saw it listed on the website. But, um, yeah, they might even have that. But, yes, um, other strategies. If you really don't like crowds, then it's a good idea to show up to get there around noon or maybe a little later. Because it's usually extremely crowded in the morning. And starting around noon, people slowly start moving out. Or especially around noon, like, a lot of people will go get lunch. And then even if even those that come back, not as many will come back. Yeah. And usually by about, like, one thirty-two, the place is pretty pretty calm, Yeah, I should say. The the fever pitch has, has since died. Now, obviously, with the number of people there and everything like that, if you get there later, there's going to be some booths that won't have as much stuff. Yep. You know, there may not, if you're looking for something in particular, they may not have it at that point. But, you know, trade-off. It depends on, like, what you're looking for and what your budget is and how much temptation you want and a few other things. I know that other than the one type of yarn that I need, which I have checked with the purple pearl Mm -hmm. and they carry the color that I want, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be scouting for roving this year because that's my new thing. Mm -hmm. What about you? Um, I don't really have any specific projects in mind that I really want to do that I'd get wool for or yarn for there. There are specific projects in mind I have I have in mind that I want to do, but they involve yarn that will not be there. I really want to check out a couple of the newer vendors that are going to be there. Of course, Indigo Dragonfly is my not quite a blank check because... You can't take my money, but you can have my soul. <laughs> kind of. Not a blank check in the sense that I can buy as much as I want, but in the sense that I really do not have to have a project in mind... I don't have to, you know, know what I want to do with it. It is like, this is pretty, and I like it, and the colorway name is fun. I'm buying it. So you are looking for something that will sing to you and surprise you. Yeah. Well, oh, there. actually, I did have... Oh, well, it's in my other... It's in my, my actual planner. Um, I do have a list of kind of things to look for, but I none of them are so important that I'm remembering them right now. So one thing you can do, though, and one thing about a lot of 
um, festivals and things like that now, of course, they'll have their vendor lists on their websites. And as I said, this one, it has the websites of each of the vendors. Like any vendor that has a website, they have the link to their website. So you can go through and look at the websites of the places that are going to be there. Ahead of time. And maybe get an idea ahead of time of what you might want. Now, obviously, there's no guarantee that they're going to have everything that you want or that what you want is necessarily going to be there. But it'll give you an idea of what they have. They give you an idea of things to look for, maybe specific things to look for. You might even, depending on how much, you know, how specific a thing you want or how much you want it, you might even, you know, email them beforehand and be like, hey, can I buy this and pick it up at the Frolic sort of deal. Though that'll depend on the, that'll depend on the vendors because, like, otherwise... Some of them do it, like, I know some of them will do it, and it's, you know, they'll gladly do it. But, you know, I can't imagine for some vendors it would be kind of tricky. Mm. Like, they're trying to box up all the stuff that they have to bring anyway. Yeah. And trying to keep, you know, trying to make sure they have everything that people want to pick up the frolic and that sort of thing. They might just, you know, some vendors might be like, no, I have enough stuff to remember that day of. Oh, that was one of the things I really want to look for. I think this year one of the things I really want to do, I really want to seriously do, is go to the Needle Arts Bookshop booth. Mm-hmm. They're a internet-based business out of Toronto. They have a really cool website. They have a lot of some hard-to-find knitting books and things like that. And they carry Japanese knitting books. Okay. And I really want to take a look at some of their, like, seriously take a look at some of their uh, Japanese stitch dictionaries and think about getting one or some of those. And other than that, like, I think I'm mainly going to be looking at some of the newer vendors and stuff, just because it's stuff that I haven't seen before. Oh, and as usual, we will be there. Sporting the shirts. Wearing our t-shirts. If you see us, say hello. And if you say hello, we still have stickers. And I will have chocolate. Yep. Do you have a code word for those who spot the sweater and get chocolate? Yes. One by one slice of crazy pie. That's all one word, by the way. Yeah. So <laughs> if you see Maggie crazy and pie spot her sweater and you say, crazy hey, pie. it's the one by one, sp- one by one slice of crazy pie, you get chocolate. Yes. What uh, Crazy pie will do. I was thinking, since I'll probably have the Colson Lives patch on my bag, I was thinking anybody who comes up to me and, sa- and says Colson Lives to me will get a little chocolate bar or something. Okay. <laughs> That'll be the code word. Okay, fine. The secret code word for fellow agents. Meanwhile, Maggie's over here bouncing around in a, you know, jacket that hugs herself. So actually, you know, that segues nicely into Geek's Week because I have a tiny little thing to mention. Okay. As we go into Geek's Week. Um, Wouldn't happen to do about Colson, would it? Kind of. Kind of maybe. Sort of, Kind of, sort of, maybe. Because um, in the last week, and they have posted an official synopsis and a new name for the S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show. As if you didn't know it was going to get picked up. <laughs> it is now, it, the full title is Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So that is its full title now. Is that the frickin' font they're going to be using? I don't think so. God, I hope not. Because if so, it's boring. But the the synopsis for it, and I am grinning. Yes, she is. (laughs) Because uh, it says, Fresh from his role in the summer's box office smash, Marvel's The Avengers, Agent Phil Coulson, Clark Gregg, returns to the worldwide law enforcement organization S.H.I.E.L.D. He puts together a small, highly trained team of agents to tackle the cases that haven't been classified yet, the new, the strange, and the unknown. That team consists of Straight Arrow agent Grant Ward, an expert in combat and espionage, pilot and martial artist agent Melinda May, and br- and brilliant if socially awkward scientists agent Leo Fitz, and agent Gemma Simmons. 
will be joined by civilian new recruit and computer hacker Sky. Prepare for an epic adventure that showcases the hope and wonder of the human spirit. This is a world of superheroes, aliens, and the unusual, of action, spectacle, and world-spanning stories. The show will speak to the human condition through the lens of our very human, non-powered S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, that together we are greater than we are apart, and that we can make a difference in the world. Okay, some of that sounds a little grandiose. Yeah, I kind of need to have a flag waving in the background with, you know, some sort of fanfare of trumpets. Yeah, but... But that's okay. We have Colson. I can't wait. Oh my god. Do they have a date yet? No. Ah, well. No, there's no official date. There's no promo pictures. There's no trailers. I I really want that, you guys! (laughs) Actually, I just looked at the comments on it. Someone says, sounds like Torchwood, which I'm totally fine with. And someone else responded with, hopefully less heartbreaking than Torchwood. Torchwood. Then again, Joss Joss Whedon. But yeah, I cannot wait for the show. Oh my god. Oh Oh my god. Speaking of shows we can't wait for. Okay, and another quick note about Marvel-esque things. Apparently, within the last week or two, they have started filming Captain America the Winter Soldier. Now, for anybody who has not heard, this is the sequel. So this is Captain America 2.0. Yep. And and one interesting thing about the way that they have mentioned this movie in the pre- in the the official release of this movie is mentioned from the way the cast and everything is listed, it looks like I, we knew that Black Widow was going to be in the movie, right? But it looks like she's going to have a very large part in the movie. Okay, which if you know certain things about the comics, not to spoil anything, makes sense. <laughs> but I'm kind of glad that there looks like they might be keeping that large role in the movies. Okay, because. Yay! More Black Widow. More kick-ass female. Oh, and apparently uh, Haley Atwell, who played Peggy Carter, is going to be back in some form as Peggy Carter. Really? Mm-hmm. When, like, was, my, when was that determined? Because I, I thought she wasn't. She's in the apparently in the official press release. She's listed. Okay, then. I don't know. Like, obviously, I'm assuming it has to be flashbacks of some kind. Okay. So I don't know how much she would be in it, but... Yay! We won't argue too hard. I love Peggy. Okay, so moving from that to filming of something else we're squealing about and and eagerly waiting for. Holy nut bars. Yeah, so I believe as we mentioned, Sherlock is now filming season three. And if you can believe it, yeah, the producer is asking the fans to tone it down just a tad. Yeah, because, I mean, they have been filming in Cardiff for a while, but... A few days ago, she sent a message to the fan site Sherlockology saying, As many of you are aware, we'll soon be embarking on our first London leg of filming for Series 3. She says, I'm also aware that there's quite a lot of speculation about where we'll be shooting when. I can't stress how much we, the producers, and Benedict, Martin, and the rest of the cast appreciate your love and dedicated to our show. We'll endeavor to live up to your expectations for Series 3. What I am nervous about is that our London shooting schedule is punishing and will really give us very little time to interact with you. The actors really hope you understand that. Also, and I know this is probably asking a lot, the majority of fans and indeed ourselves would really appreciate it if you didn't post pictures or spoilers or ideally our daily locations. Thank you for understanding, Sue and the little X. X for kiss. Yeah. Yeah. That didn't quite happen. Not so much. (laughs) Well... You know, people mentioned that one of the reasons they are kind of asking people to cool it is, you know, when they're filming, they have to do crowd control of everyone else. They have to, you know, shut down a section of a street or shut down a street and they have to do crowd control because that crowd obviously has to stay out of the way of the cameras. Right. 
and the crew. And the more people there are, the harder it is to do crowd control and to make sure that everybody is quiet when they need to be and all the other stuff. And from the pictures I saw of North Gower Street, <laughs> where they film, which stands in for Baker Street. They could be holding a rave in that crowd. Yeah, there was a huge crowd there. Um, so yeah, hopefully people won't cool it. That's asking a lot of the Sherlock fandom. Yeah. And I mean, and the more people that are there, it takes them that much longer to... Get the shot done. To get shots done and to you know do retakes film what they need to film so um if you really want spoilers or if you are trying to definitely avoid spoilers um basically on tumblr people seem to be using the tag setlock all one word as the main spoilers tag so that is the one to either follow if you want to see spoilers or to use tumblr savior for and if you don't know what a Tumblr Savior is, it's actually um, something. It's a plugin for Chrome where actually you can put in terms that you don't want it to display, and when it finds posts with those words in it, they, it will just not display them. There'll be a little banner on there saying that it's blocking you from seeing something with the, this word in it. It is very helpful, especially with certain things. You know what? I'm pretty sure this is just a bizarre thought I had. One of many, I'm supposing. If they said, "Okay, people." Here's the deal. You leave us alone and let us do our shoot. Like, totally leave us alone and let us do our shoot. Mm -hmm. When the shoot is done, everybody pays $1. We will have a party downtown Baker Street. <laughs> well, I can I can imagine there would still be people who do it, though. I know, but it was just an idea. Because, like, after she made this announcement and after even after Benedict Cumberbatch apparently, like, sent a message somewhere to, like, asking people, please don't post spoilers and please don't, you know, interrupt filming. Um, there were even, like, even in the set log tag, there were people who were like, how can we get around this? Oh, God. It's like, oh, people, don't be douches. <laughs> don't be dicks. Like, enjoy the suspense. Mm -hmm. Because you are, you are totally ruining the whole point of a mystery. Yeah. The one thing, one official thing that has been released, another official thing, I should say, is we now have the episode name for episode two of series three. Now, just as a refresher, what was the name for episode one? Episode one is called The Empty Hearse. And is based on The Empty House. Yeah, the adventure of The Empty House. The second one is called The Sign of Three. Which was originally which based on... Which presumably is based on the story The Sign of Four. Right. Which... Is rather interesting, because a certain character comes in in the sign of four, and I'm not going to say who. Obviously, you can go to Wikipedia and find the description of the story if you really want to know. But it certainly makes me very interested in seeing because what happens. Because we know that certain actor-type people have been, shall we say, contracted slash employed to yes. be a part Yes, we know that certain people are going to be in this, and what roles they might be, what roles they could possibly be playing. Yes, there's speculation so, on those roles. Yes, it's going to be interesting. I cannot wait to see this. But I am avoiding spoilers, like actively avoiding most spoilers. Though I did see, before I, I blocked the tag, I didn't see anything truly spoilery, because, you know, I would have expected to see this in the show. But I did see one shot of Benedict in the doorway of 221B on North Gower Street. Well, 
they said the doorway they used for 221B Baker Street in the coat and the hat and it's yay we have Sherlock back it's <laughs> like everything is right with the world seeing this and I think we were speculating a knit night last night what is going to be Watson's reaction, reaction to when it? he finds out and about Holmes not being so much of the dead there's pretty much good money being laid on punching Ola, an all out brawl happening yeah. At least on one end. Yeah, punching. A lot of punching and a lot of swearing. Yeah. There is speculation about whether he's going to faint first. Mark Gatiss has said that he's pretty much not going to go with what was in the book, which is Watson basically faints. Okay. <laughs> so he's like, I always thought that was a bit odd. That, was, that didn't really seem to fit. <laughs> I would have punched him. <laughs> I'm wondering if Watson is going to be so angry he's not going to be able to get words out. Or if he's going to just stream profanities. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see it. I cannot wait to see it. Oh my god. I just can't wait. Okay. (gasps) Feels. Okay. Okay. We have to move along before parents' feels get overdone. Okay. Yes. So, of course, this week there was huge geeky news about a certain thing near and dear to both fans and knitters' hearts and knitting fans' hearts. There are a few knitted items out there in geek lore. Yes. This is one of them. <laughs> yes, one of the most iconic knitted items is, of course, the hat that Jane wears in the series Firefly. And for quite a lot, for, you know, ten years, a lot of knitters have been making these hats and selling them on the internet. And apparently recently Fox just licensed merchandise to a company to make the hats and therefore started sending cease and desist letters to knitters that were selling the hats Everywhere. on Etsy. yeah. Now, of course, people have been finding ways around this in the way they have been naming their hats so that they are harder for Fox to find, and sometimes as a enormous screw you to Fox. <laughs> and I mean, on the one hand, it's like, yeah, they're the they're licensed items that the prop the property of Fox. But the thing that really galls me, or that kind of gets me, is that I think as I described to some to someone else, the fans cared about the show and supported the show when Fox didn't support yeah. the show. Yeah. The show would not have they would not be they would not have this opportunity ten years later to license the merchandise if it wasn't for the fans. Who basically kept this show alive by buying the DVDs and passing them around by word of mouth. Because Fox pretty much, you know, did everything they did, did everything wrong, and then canceled the show after 13 episodes without even showing a few of them. Which, yeah, earns them a special place in hell. Yep, the special hell. The special hell. To use the Firefly term. So yeah, it's, Fox can die in all the fires. Now, one of the companies, the main companies that had been selling the new hats is Think Geek. And because Think Geek is awesome. And we love them for many, many reasons, but this is just one of them. They have responded to saying that while they carry the hat, they have nothing to do with the cease and desist notices from Fox. That's all Fox and the company they're contracting with. And the the, C, the C&D notices have, some in some cases, resulted in the ban of users' entire accounts. God. Not just the removal of one item. So... Think Geek responded with a note, Brown Coats, we hear your concerns about the cease and desist on Etsy Jane hat sellers. We weren't involved in that process, but we have reached out to Fox and we've definitely heard what you've had to say. We know you guys have Vera to back you up. As a result, we've decided to, to donate the profits from all Jane hat sales on our site to Can't Stop the Serenity, a brown coat charity dear to Think Geek's heart that raises funds and awareness in support of equality now. We'll, keep, we'll continue making that donation until we run out of stock of Jane hats. 
We hope the hero of Canton himself would approve. Aw, and Aww. I think he would. Go think geek. Now, of course, the funny thing about this was Nathan Fillion, when they posted this blog post, Nathan Fillion posted a link to the blog post and kind of crashed ThinkGeek's site. Just a little bit. <laughs> I kept trying to get on to see. He was like, wow, Think Geek, Think Geek, thanks for being awesome. And then he had a link to the blog post, and I wanted to see what he was talking about. And every time I kept checking the other day, it wouldn't go because uh, people, everyone else was trying to do it at the same time. The power is strong with that one. Yeah, and Can't Stop Serenity, the Serenity organizes screenings of episodes and other Firefly-related events to raise funds, which then go to Equality Now, which, as Mary Sue says, is a charitable organization that seeks to promote human rights for women around the world. Yay! Yay, at least there's something good coming out of that. Yep. That hat in itself is not a fashion statement. It is the symbol. No. <laughs> it's it's a favorite hat of geeks, but person and, and, you know, I'm sure there's people who love the colors. Personally, I'm like, wow. That looks like a giant fluffy candy corn. Yeah, it does. But it is near and dear. Yep. To the hearts of those who love Serenity. And if you ever see, if I ever see someone wearing one, I kind of inwardly squee. Because I know they're a Firefly, Firefly fan. Finally, for, well, finally for Geeksky, uh, one more thing we wanted, one thing we wanted to mention is it's something that's been going on for a little while, but it's something called the Hawkeye Initiative, which basically started with, it was created in, Dece- actually created in December of 2012. It was created, started by, uh, user Ginger Hayes or Noelle Stevenson on Tumblr. And basically, she came up with the idea of sort of illustrating the problems with how women are portrayed in comics. Yeah. By drawing Hawkeye in the same positions. <laughs> because really, women's backs cannot arch that way, or their legs don't extend that far, or their necks don't twist that way, at yeah. least not that way and still function. You can find examples on thehawkeyeinitiative.com, which actually takes you to a Tumblr blog for it. And it, it's pretty hilarious. There's some pictures, actually, of people drawing Hawkeye in it, and there's some pictures people have added of actual human beings attempting the poses and <laughs> not actually making it. But it's... Oh my god, Al! Yep. A lot of these poses are the infamous boobs and butt pose. Yeah. Which so is basically see, where... You can see both sets of... Both boobs and both butts. Yeah. Well, both but, boobs butt cheeks. and both butt cheeks yeah. at the same time. Now, this defies the laws of biology and only really works in animals which don't have a spine. And the noise we just made was about one we saw where someone had, had done it with Hawkeye. And uh, wow, ow, ow, God. That is like straight on butt. And that's like taking a the, out of both boobs. The, take like, the Flex ah. Armstrong doll and just twist. Yeah. Like, really, twist to try and pop them apart at the waist. And there's a lot of articles and things that have been coming out about it. Um, there was one recently on nerdcaliber.com where it's like, Women in Comics and Superhero Films, Why Everyone Should Know About the Hawkeye Initiative. But there's a lot of really interesting examples here. And people, looking through here, some people have actually been tweeting <laughs> two actual comic illustrators with the Hawkeye Initiative hashtag and telling them off when they post stuff of... Of theirs. Highly unrealistic body shapes. There's also some good, some examples people have drawn of, I'm looking at one here, where someone have taken superheroines and have done fully dressed versions and shown how they still look awesome. These aren't even... And are still functional. These aren't even skin-tight catsuit fully dressed. These are, like, practical, comfortable Mm -hmm. clothing dressed. Well, and some of them are still pretty tight. Like, there's one here. You know, there's Wonder Woman here, who isn't, like... 
you know, her, she's still wearing the bustier and everything like that. And there's some that are probably still wearing, you know, fairly tight outfits. But they're, but they're not they're cat not, suits. Yeah, they're not cat suits and they're not extremely revealing either. Oh, good lord. Oh my god. There's one here of like Harley Quinn and Catwoman and Poison Ivy and Kirk's Catwoman's showing lots of cleavage and in the, the redrawn version, it's Captain America with his suit unzipped. Okay, um, I, I, I don't think Captain America is supposed to have a fuzzy, fuzzy chest. But, but yeah, so check out thehawkeyeinitiative.com. There's a lot of really hilarious drawings of some very, some initially, even some very initially, like, seriously, what the hell were you thinking? Poses and covers. And then some hilarious, <laughs> some hilarious alternate versions. No, oh, good God. And one of the really fun things, too, is now there are some people cosplaying oh, awesome. as the Hawkeye awesome, initiative awesome, awesome, awesome. at cons. There was one... Okay, Hawkeye, there are parts of you I don't need to see. Yeah, like your junk. If you go to the Mary Sue, uh, themarysue.com, and search for Hawkeye initiative, you'll find sort of the very first thing that started it. But also, if you click on the tags at the bottom of that article, you'll actually see they have examples of the... Hawkeye Initiative cosplayers. There's one guy who is... Wow. I mean, he looks flexible enough as it is. Yeah. But... He's still not doing the full boobs and butt. No. And he's still doing a pose, which I think I remember seeing... Actually, I saw this guy on Tumblr, and I had seen where he had... he had Someone had posted a picture of him, mm-hmm. and then he had replied because he had found it. And he was like, my back was so sore by the end of that day. Oh, God. And he's, wow, he's doing some pretty epic posing there. And he looks really good in those those really tight shorts. Uh, yeah, I want to see him stand up and see how um, he looks in the rest of that outfit. <laughs> actually, well, in the links on the site where they've got it, they have found his Tumblr. Yeah, so people are actually cosplaying this now, which is awesome <laughs> and hilarious. Oh, help me. Butts. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, we'll link you to all of this stuff. Yeah. And also, today is the... So it's April 12th. And tonight is Yuri's Night. And if anybody does not know what that means... Basically, it is a celebration of the anniversary of Yuri Gagarin's first space flight. The first human in space. It is also the anniversary of the launch of NASA's, NASA's space shuttle, because that was launched in... Yuri Gagarin's first space flight was in on April 12, 1961. And the first space shuttle was launched on April 12, 1981. So there are parties going around all over the world Yep. tonight, and there's even a very special party of one. Yep. On Mars. Curiosity in the house! Yeah, there are parties going on all over the world, and actually Curiosity posted a special note earlier tonight on their Facebook page. Yes, it's the first interplanetary Yuri's Night celebration hosted by the Curiosity Mars rover. Estimated size, one. one. But if you go to the Mars Curiosity Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Mars Curiosity, Curiosity posted a little picture of herself, or itself, and it says, and says from Mars to Earth, happy Yuri's night. Somehow I'm just imagining, like, little Curiosity, little wheels shifting back and forth, and the little camera thing bobbing up and down to the tune of, like, LMFAO's party rocking or something. And whatever lights it might have are just... Going around disco style. Little laser going around. (laughs) And whatever alien is hiding out on Mars is just looking at it through whatever long-range viewing apparatus and going, what the hell? 
Yep, and Curiosity is throwing the party from Yellowknife Bay and Mars Gale Crater. Moving into Cravings, Covets, and Crushes. I want to share a pretty that I ordered and got for myself. Yes. Because I have mentioned in past podcasts about the Smitten Kitchen. Kitchen.com. I almost said kitten, which is a totally different thing. Yeah. Smittenkitchen.com, because I've made their honey cake recipe before, probably a couple dozen times. Yeah. She has come out with her own cookbook, the Smitten Kitchen Cookbook. After reading her introduction, I am more impressed with her than I am <laughs> with a lot of people, because she lives in a New York City apartment. apartment. Yeah. And you know how small those kitchens are. There are closets that are larger. Yes. Like, not even walk-in closets, she, but regular closets. She made this cookbook out of that kitchen. She did not wow. She did not go to a gourmet kitchen to do photographs and etc. She did this cookbook out of that kitchen. I is impressed. Yes. Okay. Also, and I tagged... Ooh. I tagged... There are two d- recipes in particular I'm going to tell you about just to whet your appetite, hopefully. One is the s'more layer cake. Ooh. And if anybody has, I should mention too, if anybody has not had s'mores, because I know, I don't think they're, they're like an international thing. Basically what they are is, they're a camping sort of thing. We did this in the Girl Guides. Um, basically you, you cook a marshmallow, you toast a marshmallow over the fire, and then you take graham crackers and a piece of chocolate, and you put the marshmallow in while it's still hot and squish it, and that should melt the chocolate. Yep. Um, or there's the cheater version which my Girl Guide troop made and which my family made. Um, if you get chocolate-covered digestive cookies, toast marshmallow, inside cookies, there you go. But this has got the cake layer, tastes like graham cracker, mm-hmm. milk chocolate in the middle, mm-hmm. and then the outside frosting is the marshmallow, and it Ooh. does get toasted on the top. Oh, wow. Nom, 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 nom. That looks really good. And for any wine connoisseurs out there... The red wine velvet cake with with whipped mascarpone cheese on the outside, icing on the outside, and it is actually made with red wine. Two cups of red wine with, and all of the usual, you know, things that added, I say usual things, like, you know, but things like Dutch cocoa and cinnamon and things like that and vanilla. Can you imagine all of that put together? Oh, Yes. Like, and the really good red wine we have here in the Niagara region, mm-hmm. I'm really, really tempted to make this soon. Well, we know where you can get wine. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> we know someone who would be very willing to, t- to test it, taste test that for you. <laughs> so, Who's a connoisseur of those sort of things? I highly recommend this book. It is The Smitten Kitchen Cookbook by Deb Perlman, P-E-R-E-L-M-A-N. Seriously, I am looking at it's over 300 pages for $35 hardcover. There's a lot of recipes, yo. Not to mention all of the recipes that are still on her website <laughs> that you can get to for free. And I've got something that was featured on the Mary Sue earlier this week, and when I saw it, I squealed at the cute. It is adorable, and you really need to see this. Quernus Crafts, which you can find at Q-U-E-R-N-U-S-C-R-A-F-T-S dot co dot U-K. She does these adorable little mouse figurines out of polymer clay. And if you go to the website, you'll see the shop. You can go to the shop and see all the different things that she does. Look at the ones in the in the teacups. Teacups are or in the cupcake yeah. liners. Well, then keep calm and have a cupcake signs. They are seriously adorable. 
Like, I just can't. Oh my god, they have baby ones. They have tiny little, little black eyes and some cute round ears, and oh my god. And she also has, like, little cats. Little snail. Alright, I will admit. Little moles, look at the moles. Now, she's also got these cute little things called, I think they're called moodlings. Aw, Jubilee Party Flag Mouse. Aw, piglings. Piglings. Yeah, there's little things she calls moodlings, which are sort of these little... Fifty Shades of Grey bookling bookmark. Oh, <laughs> damn. They're these little blobby sort of creatures that are, are adorable and hold these little signs. But if you go up to the top of the page, on her main page, she has an FAQ for commissions, which makes more sense when you look at the creature gallery, which includes a lot of different, which goes, basically goes to her Flickr account. And there's all sorts of different things. There's also different creatures. There's cats, dogs, guinea pigs. Oh my god, look at the guinea pigs. Bunnies, horses. There's a knitting elephant. Oh my god, that's adorable. It's in the creatures at work folder if you guys want to see it. Oh, it's got the yarn wrapped around its trunk. Look at, look at, there's more pictures there. Okay, I am all kinds of interested. But one of the sections the geeks are going to want to see is her a wee bit famous folder. Okay. Which, when you open it up, there are all kinds of characters from different things. I see a Batman. I see an Elvis. I see Glinda. And there's Where's Waldo? The Wicked Witch of the West. And amongst other things, she has... Malcolm Reynolds Mouse! My god, it's brilliant. With a little brown coat and little tight pants. And the belt buckle. And belt buckle and gun and hair and... Oh my god, it's so adorable! He, he is freaking cute. I I will admit that. And... One of the ones that I squealed at, like, out loud. Oh yeah. Squealed at. Was... Snape. It's Severus Snape as a mouse! It's so he's got He's got his big cloak, and he's got all the buttons going down his sleeves, and he's got his greasy black hair parted in the middle. And, and he's got his arms crossed, crossed, and he's got... And the cape is molded, so it's all, you know, soft. Roughly, and, and... And he's standing next to a cauldron. And there's lots of alternate pictures, too. Like, where's the one? There's the back. That is, Of like, the cloak. That is good. She says it, it's just the movement in that is good. Yeah, it has a very, she says it has a very billowing feel to it, so he can swoop about. You would, you would have little plays with these, wouldn't you? Yes! <laughs> and I was so busy squealing about the snake mouse, and like, so losing my mind over its adorableness, I didn't even notice who was right next to him in the next photo, photo over. This is Sherlock and John Mice. From BBC Sherlock. As in BBC Sherlock. And Sherlock has the blue scarf. And the coat! With the collar turned up. And the curly black hair. And John has the sweater. Yep. And, a cute thing I noticed, John is standing at parade rest with his hands behind his back. Like he does in the series so much. There's also, of course, there's also, oh my god, there's a little Pooh Bear. A little mouse wearing a Winnie the Pooh costume. Oh, yeah, because one of the ones we saw and were squealing at about the cute was a mouse wearing an Eeyore costume. Yeah, that's pretty good. Oh, and there's a little Gandalf. Teeny tiny Gandalf mouse, complete with, uh, this is Gandalf the Grey Mouse. Yes, complete with his staff. Look at the otters! So cute. And you can see, I think from one of those photos, um, she's holding them in her fingers. You can see how small they are. Yeah, there are 
of course, a few doctors. Nice. Including a Tom Baker doctor with the, with the scarf. And there's all kinds of other ones in here that are just, they are, are mind-breakingly adorable. Her, oh, that she's got Yoda in her too right there. Yep. And Leia! Her sense of folding in the clothing is yeah. really good. I love this one too, the Jane Austen mouse. So yeah, you you have to see these to see how adorable they are because they're uh, I just can't even like ah uh, my brain is floaty from how cute they are. So this is on Flickr and the name is well the easiest way to get to it is just go to her website. So it's cornuscrafts.co.uk. Okay. And then click on the character gallery and that'll show you all of the different folders that she has. And now she usually doesn't offer these ones in her shop from what I can see. Um, she does sometimes take commissions. Um, as of six, as of the 6th of January, she's currently not taking commissions. Um, probably because she's got a whole bunch already. But she will post details there when she reopens her commission book. And she does have standard ones in the shop that you can buy for other things. She also does, she will do your pets. Uh, prices for the commissioned ones start from about 30 pounds plus postage and packing. Um, depending on the style and complexity of them. Uh, if you're looking for a really realistic sculpture of your pet, it, they're talking more like 75 pounds. Mm. It says for the character commissions, they're priced on an individual basis, but usually start from about 35 pounds, again, depending on the complexity. Um, for any other type of commission, just get in touch and we can take things from there. She says for the size of them, uh, the character mice are usually five to six centimeters tall. That is not big. That's like two to three inches. That is small. That is tiny. Considering the amount of detail we've been able to see on those. Yeah, but you can see all the, the questions, all the FAQs and stuff like that on her website, as well as the shop and everything. And she does have a mailing list as well. You'll, y'all need to see this, because it's so adorable, oh my god! And also nerdy. Oh, look, oh my god, it's a little one bursting out of a cupcake! Aw, little dragons! So cute. Okay, anyway. Alright. I think we need to stop the squealing. Because somebody has to go to work tomorrow morning at 8.30. Oh, poor Kellen. Okay, everybody. I think it's time. Yep. Let's wrap up this party. Yep. Alright, Curiosity, it's all you. Yep. Alright, you go, Curiosity. Tear it up! <laughs> no, not literally. I mean, you know. Oh, never mind. Yeah. Okay, so I think it's time to wrap up. Alright, everybody. Time night. to get this party finished. Night-night. Get all the flamingos out of the pool before you leave. And will someone turn that bloody music down? Some of us are going to be trying to sleep. And get off my lawn while you're at it. Alright. Night, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening. To visit our show notes, listen to old episodes, or leave something in our tip jar, you can visit us at knit1geek2.emptypockets.org. That's K-N-I-T-1 G-E-E-K you can also comment at our Ravelry group. Just search the Ravelry groups for Knit One Geek 2. We're also on Twitter. You can find us at www.twitter.com slash knit one geek 2. Have a good week, everybody.